Welcome to UWA Alumni Voices. My name is Anna Heenan and today I'm chatting with Dr. Laura Kareja, a School of Medicine graduate from the class of 1979. Laura has worked as a GP since 1983 and was the principal of a practice in Midland whilst completing her fellowship and educating medical students. The highlight of her career was receiving an RAC GP award for GP Practice of the Year in WA in 2011. Having made the decision to slowly transition to retirement, Laura has moved to Denmark and enjoys rural life down in Great Southern Western Australia. Earlier this year, Laura and her husband, who is also a UWA medicine graduate, had booked an Antarctic cruise with a group of friends which has since caught the attention of the media due to many of the patrons aboard contracting COVID-19. So without further ado, welcome, Laura. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Anna. So you were recently on this cruise ship after the global pandemic was declared by the World Health Organization. How did this occur? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Yes. Um, Well, it shouldn't have occurred is the the short answer to that. Uh, Mm. We... Uh, we're we're travelling with a group of friends. We uh, got to Argentina before the pandemic was called. Um, And we, my husband uh, in particular, was very dubious about uh, going on board in this situation. I thought, well, it's it's a very small ship, you know. It's not like these, you know, 3,000, 4,000 people cruise ships. This is only 120 or so passengers. Mm. And um, it was leaving from Argentina, which at that stage didn't have a problem. Um, And uh, I thought, well, and we're going through New Zealand. We were flying in New Zealand. Shouldn't be a problem. But when the pandemic was called, my husband started ringing them and sending emails saying, should this be going ahead? Should this be going ahead? Mm. But we were travelling with friends. And so we went down to Ushuaia on our booked flight. After all, we didn't have a a hotel booking after that. Um, And we actually asked them directly in the pre-boarding briefing, you know, uh, should this, you know, we've travelled a long way, my husband said. We've travelled a long way to get here. But we're more than happy to go, turn around and go home again. Are you sure that this is a good idea to do this? And they said to us directly we have taken all precautions we uh we are certain that there is not a problem um we uh this is the safest place in the world to be and uh, (laughs) and yes literally that's what they said and uh you know we can assure you that getting on board is safe Wow. Um, so, uh, the, so I'm sure you felt reassured by that enough to actually proceed. Yes. Well, of the, of the group of 10 from Denmark, um, two of the men were um, very, very concerned about getting on board. Um, I have to admit that I was very excited about getting mm. on board and uh, that would have swayed my poor husband. Um, but, uh, yes, it was it was really just two out of 10 who were really concerned. And I think that is pretty much the statistics for the trip, you know, that, that most people were actually, you know, not unhappy, were, were quite happy to get on. Uh, mm. But then a small number were sort of saying, hey, hey, hang on a minute. Um, this is a pandemic now. Um, mm. 
there's a lot of things ha having, uh, occurring behind the scenes which we didn't know. There were two cruise ships actually in Ushuaia um, at the same time as we were that were due to leave the previous day. And unbeknown to me, the, both of those cruise ships were cancelled, uh, those, oh, those cruises. So, yes, mm. and yet we went ahead. Mm. Um, uh, it's, it's really difficult to know exactly what was going through their heads, except the big the glaring one, of course, is the money. Yeah. They, that they didn't want to have to refund us. And they told us, yes, you can go back. Uh, you can, you can, you can uh, not get on board. That's entirely your choice, but mm. you won't get your money back. Shocking. So that, that made it life so difficult, um, yeah. you know, when, uh, in that situation. So we all got on board and the first week was absolutely, absolutely spectacular. Mm. Um, but of course, Argentina closed its borders basically behind us. Mm. Um, almost, almost the the moment that we left, Argentina closed its borders, uh, wow. which meant we couldn't go back to Ushuaia. Oh, so I think that they thought, well, okay, um, perhaps we need to do something about this. But hey, we're there now. We're out there now. <laughs> we're out there now. Let's push on with it. And uh, so we went down to Argentina, um, to Antarctica, uh, sorry. Um, so we went down to Antarctica and we had three amazing days down there. Mm, but we knew, um, and I can't remember exactly when, we knew that, that the ship was turning round. Okay. It's just that they said, well, while we're here, we might as well enjoy it. And mm. somebody, you know, was obviously starting to think, oh, my God, what do we do about these passengers? Where are we going to take them? Mm. Um, so I think that some of the time down in, in uh, Antarctica was actually about trying to work out what to do next. Mm. Um, and uh, so we went, we had one amazing day in Paradise Bay and some other bay, and then another day which was perhaps not as fantastic and then the third day, um, we, we were told, well, we're, we're on our way, um, mm. but on our, while we're going, we'll just stop off at, um, at uh, Deception Island, which was amazing. Mm. Um, but we knew that we had to get back. And this, the uncertainty as to what was going on uh, mm. started really from about day three, I think. And were you aware uh, of what was happening in the rest of the world? from there oh yes we're getting we, information yeah we had limited access to the internet mm. so we were getting onto apple news and stuff like that and um getting emails from people um uh limited limited access is exactly right um you know we did find that it took up to a minute to download a photograph Gosh. so it was <laughs> It was mm. very patchy, but text was uh, was reasonably okay. And so uh, we did have access. We later on found we had access to CNN and CB, CBN or whatever it is, the mm. two American channels uh, of news, which yeah, kept, right. kept us occupied later on. But um, early on, we, we didn't really need them. Mm -hmm. um, but so we were aware of the fact that things were sort of closing down around our ears, 
but they assured us that the original plan was to go to the Falkland Islands. Mm. And so we went to Deception Islands and then took off for, for the Falklands. And we were then um, on March the 22nd, when we were still a day out of the Falklands, mm. um, we, had the first, we had the first fever on board. So how was that communicated to you? There was a meeting called. Yeah. And we were told that it was about, I think, three o'clock in the afternoon. And no, maybe it was a little bit later, five o'clock. And we were told that there was a patient, uh, there was a passenger who had a fever. And that, as I've said, was the oh my God moment. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, everything's going to change. And we, we went to dinner that night in sittings for um physical distancing okay and uh then um immediately after that we were sent to our rooms and we were given meals in our rooms for the rest of the trip oh my gosh and how long was that um we we were then um that was two and a half weeks nearly three weeks it was Mm. three weeks basically Mm. um in our rooms um so we didn't clap eyes on our friends again the rest of the trip Mm. (laughs) But wow. we had the telephone, we had our balconies. The balcony was the, the saviour. You could mm. get out, you could see outside, albeit the fact that sometimes the weather was pretty foul. And, but it was, it was fresh air. It was, you, could, you could watch the bird life, um, at least until we got to, to um, Uruguay. Mm. But when we got the, the, the patient with the fever... Um, it changed everything and we could no longer go to the Falklands. Yeah. The Falklands were saying, no, you, no, you've got to have 10 days without another fever on board before we'll let you off. Wow. And they said, mm. and I didn't realise that Falklands only has a, a population of about 2,500 people. I mean, it's mm. tiny. Mm. So their hospitals would be pretty... Um, under-resourced. Under-resourced mm. and small, Yeah. Um, and were you aware of what was happening on the rest of the ship while you were absolutely being isolated? Not. No, nope. no one was telling nope. you anything? Nope. We were told, I think it was the next day there was a patient, uh, another passenger with a fever. We were really only told about the passengers with fever. Mm. Uh, uh, there was almost no information about any of the crew with fever. Now, mm. the person who had gone down first had, with the fever... Uh, we were talking to her later by telephone. <laughs> we yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and she she was uh, saying that when she got down to the to an isolation room um, that did not have a balcony, um, when they took her down when she got the fever, there was already somebody down there. I don't know for a fact that the person down there who would have been crew. I don't mm. know if that person was a fe- had a fever or not. Mm. You know, that is, that is the, the problem here. I can't tell you that it was one of the crew that had a fever first. But people started getting fevers after that fairly thick and fast. Mm. Was anyone um, checked when they were coming aboard? Uh, we had to fill out a, 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 a 
piece of paper asking various questions about where we'd been and, mm. you know, were we well and stuff like that. Uh, and they took our temperature. Okay. That, that was it. Mm. Wasn't really very much else you could do, really. No. Uh, that was, you know, a, a reasonably acceptable thing at the time. Mm. But we, um, we obviously, somebody brought it on board. We had mm. no idea who brought it on board. No and idea. How many people were there on the ship in total? Including crew, there were 217. And do you know uh, how many people were infected? 128 positive. Wow. That's a lot. There, were, there were almost certainly some false negatives. Um, of the 10 of us from Denmark, nine were positive. Mm. Um, including and one, you and your husband, wasn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Um, the one who was negative shared a shared a cabin with with his uh, wife. So, you know, who I'm was sure who was positive. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I'm sure he had it. Mm. Um, it's just the test came back negative. So there was more than than the two hundred and uh, uh, sorry, one hundred and twenty eight mm. pos- positives. There were more. There were more. Um, wow. Yeah. So, and what was it like? having been through it and survived? Well, survival wasn't a problem. We didn't know we had it. Really? There were no symptoms? Yes. Yes. The moment we were sent to the cabin, I got what, to all intents and purposes, was a cold. Wow. Just, um, you know, a blocked nose. No scratchy throat, no cough, no nothing. Um, Just a blocked nose for several days, which Mm. was annoying. Um, Mm but not the end of the world. And the following week, I noticed I had some, a little bit of joint aching, tiny okay. bit, you know, not even enough to take Panadol. Yeah, definitely not enough to cause alarm or... No, no, just, just for a few yeah. days. I think I did take a dose of Panadol at one stage, um, but really nothing. Um, we had no cough. We had no fever. We were being checked every day and sometimes twice a day. We had no cough, no fever, nothing. Were there doctors so, on board who were helping? Um, there were two doctors on board who were uh, crew members, if you okay. like. So we were well looked after from the point of view of, of doctors. There were also, apart from my husband and I, there were probably another 10 doctors on board. Okay. So, so we were well equipped with doctors. We had a cardiologist. We had more yeah. a couple of orthopedic surgeons. Oh, <laughs> handy. That's the ship you of, want to be on. A couple of others, <laughs> GPs. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So it became quite interesting in the week that we actually could talk to people. Um, mm. Made some quite nice friends out of it. But we had hoped for more. Um, mm. And so that, uh, that stopped all the socialisation in its tracks. Yes. Um, so, yes, we all checked positive. The majority of us from Denmark had no symptoms at all. My husband wow. had none. The majority of us had none. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, one chap, uh, when they came around, uh, when the medical team from Uruguay came on, on board, he... His um, his oxygen levels were low on their little machine, so they took mm. him off. But he was he was actually well, and he checked his he was checking his um, 
he uh, <clears throat> he checked his um, oxygen levels levels after that. He never mm. had another low one. But it was one of our friends, one of our best friends, mm. who uh, was the second passenger taken off, who was taken to ICU. The first mm. passenger taken off was taken to ICU and intubated fairly quickly. Gosh. <clears throat> she was the second passenger taken off. To get sick? To, to get sick mm. and taken off. Well, she was the second passenger who was sick enough to be taken off. Mm. There were others. Has she recovered? Fever. No, she's still in ICU in Uruguay. Oh, wow. She has had um, <clears throat> a tracheostomy. Oh, gosh. She's now breathing on her own she, uh, and maintaining oxygen levels well. <clears throat> but she's got uh, kidney failure and has not woken up. She's starting to wake up mm. but hasn't woken up. There's actually nothing wrong with her brain according to the tests that have been done. So mm. we think that it's just all the drugs that she's been given mm. Because of the kidney failure, she's unable to process them. That's so, she, yeah, so she's still there and she's still on our, on our minds all the time. Yeah. All the time. <clears throat> we usually um, chat to Graeme, her husband, um, pretty much every day. Um, mm. we, we, we talked to him last night. Um, but she is showing signs of improving. And so they are trying to arrange for her to come back to Perth um, sometime in the next two to perhaps four weeks. Mm. Gosh. Which will wow. be a great relief to everybody. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, that's the, of the 10 of us, two people had it badly. One person has been critical. Um, and that's about the statistics from the world. <laughs> Yeah, and the the interesting thing is that the vast majority of people on that ship didn't know that they had it, even mm. though we were elderly. You know, um, mm. we were um, uh, <clears throat> yeah, um, we're over sixty. Our friends are um, a lot of them are over seventy. Mm. Um, and there were people on the on the ship who looked quite elderly. Mm. Um, you know, having difficulty. Um, walking up hills and stuff like that. Mm. So um, it's amazing that it was um, a man in his, who was 67 and a woman who was 74, both of mm. whom were in good health, right. who actually were the ones that became critical. It's, it's not, it doesn't pick and choose. Yeah, we have no idea how many crew ended up in hospital. We mm. were never told that but we were told of the only death that we had on board uh, that was a 47, I think, year old Filipino man, member oh of the crew. Gosh. That's so young. Uh, and Yeah, and he died. Mm. And um, we raised money for, for his family because he's got a wife and three kids. And that's mm. just not fair. He was, he was there doing a job. Mm. Um, and had a right to expect to be able to go home. Yeah. So um, uh, that's uh, that's 
that was very mm. sobering news when we heard that. Mm, I'm sure. Mm. So what was the process to get you back to Denmark? <laughs> that must have taken okay. a little while. Well, we were, <laughs> we were moored off Montevideo uh, mm. for, I think, roughly a week and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, floundering on the um, on anchor, about mm-hmm. I think it was eleven nautical miles off the off the t- uh, city, and uh, that wasn't an enormously pleasurable experience. Um, there was a storm one day, and it whipped up uh, the the sediment because it wasn't that deep there. Um, whipped up the sediment so it became quite silty and then the desalinator on the ship wouldn't work so we were told uh, not to have showers. <laughs> oh, Just to add insult to injury. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and it felt like nothing was happening to us mm. because we were being told very little about what was really being organised. Mm. But eventually... The Uruguayans not unreasonably said, look, uh, we cannot have you come through here until we know what the situation is on board. Mm. And so they demanded that everybody on board get a test. Mm. So that's why we have the statistics that no other ship had. Uh, So we've got, we know exactly how many people were positive Mm. and negative Mm -hmm. because they did the tests. So everybody on board was tested. Mm. Um, Two days later, I think it was, they sent a team on board and they eyeballed everybody on board Mm. um, and did a, um, the pulse, uh, the the, um, blood oxygen through the little duvalaki that goes on the finger. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we call a pulse oximeter. And so that's when our friend Jez went off with them because he was low. So they just did that to check to make sure that, I guess, that the the information that they were being given was actually true and that people the were ma- vast majority of people were actually well. Mm. And then there was a little bit of uh, sort of a flurry of activity happening and we were eventually told uh, that a a plane had been organised for us, Mm. which left Easter Saturday, I think it was. Maybe it was late uh, Friday night. Yeah, it might have been Good Friday. Yes, it was. It was late Good Friday. There were four luxury buses came for us. Um, and we were divided into four groups. Group one were negative. Mm. We were in group two. I've got no idea how they organised who was in which group. Mm. Um, and uh, so we were actually taken off the boat in groups and put onto um, buses according to group. Mm-hmm. All very well organised. Um, the Uruguayans were amazing. They actually... Because one of the one of the doctors on board had got sick, mm. so uh, with the virus, um, they actually replaced the two doctors with um, a team of their own. God, mm-hmm. I can't imagine that happening in Australia. Somebody, you know, a team of doctors going and staying on board. No, um, uh, they were amazing. They were truly and utterly amazing. Mm-hmm. We were then once we were all on board. Those people who were capable of traveling Mm. 
we were taken to the airport uh, in a cavalcade. At 11.30 at night, there was a police escort. Um, they blocked off um, side roads so that nobody could be on the road with us. Mm. <coughs> Uh, there was an ambulance behind each bus and all with lights and sirens on. It wow. was amazing. And we, on this drive down, uh, this drive towards the airport, we passed a huge number of multi-storey apartment blocks. And it was mind-blowing the number of people out on their balconies, waving torches, waving at us, <laughs> waving banners, mm. waving, I believe... Um, and flags and things like that and banners mm. of various sorts it was you know the 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 solidarity towards us mm. was was just uh, it was just amazing it blew my mm. mind wow it was it was amazing yeah. because that wouldn't happen here no that would not happen here so uh, i can't tell you how how wonderful uruguay were mm. the uruguayans so we eventually get to the airport and we were taken on board a, um, an Airbus, I think it was, and we, uh, that had been brought in from Portugal mm -hmm. for this trip. <coughs> huge, ex huge expense. And we uh, were taken on board slowly, a group at a time. We could, we, there, were no, there was no baggage hold there was no baggage in the hold so we could only take what we could carry mm -hmm. um there was of course plenty of space to put our bags because <laughs> the plane was only half full because of social mm. distancing <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> so, so that was all good and uh then we got on board and um there was a crew which was uh, they were, all, of course, all in, in their horrible um, PPE gear because at that yeah. stage we were, we were positive. Yeah. Um, you know, we were, we were travelling COVID positive. So mm. um, they had every right to protect avoid themselves. us mm. and protect themselves. Absolutely every right to. They gave us three meals on the plane um, mm. that were in a box uh, and... It wasn't really what we would prefer to do, but it was it was there. It was mm. it was good of them. Um, I wasn't sure. I'd taken some yogurt on board, and so we supplemented our meals with the yogurt I'd brought. And uh, so we get to the other end. Um, don't remember a huge amount about the the trip, so it was good. Listen to some podcasts, you know that mm. sort of stuff. Um, and uh, get to the other end, taken on board buses eventually. Our mm -hmm. buses at this end. Back in, in Australia. In Melbourne, back yeah. in Australia, our buses weren't there. They hadn't arrived at the airport. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't luxury buses. <laughs> <laughs> but we were taken uh, to our hotel um, um, and there were police outside uh, blocking off the, uh, the road outside and we were taken through the car park. That was fair mm. enough, uh, you yeah. know, and we, were, we weren't allowed to t touch the lift when we got into the hotel. All mm. fair enough. We were taken mm. to our ho hotel room and that started the next two weeks of self-isolation. 
Mm. So you went from self-isolation to self-isolation to self-isolation. Absolutely. But this was more like imprisonment. Um, Mm. We we were in a hotel room. The hotel was a bit run down. Apparently it was on the market to be sold Mm. um, and probably pulled down. So, but the bed was comfortable. Uh, The bathroom was functional. That's good. But the, like a lot of hotel rooms, of course, the windows didn't open. Mm. And that Which would that be was challenging. That, mm. was, that was really tough. But it was a, the rooms were a reasonable size. Mm. Um, and we could have done much worse. Mm. Could have done much worse. Um, but it wasn't as comfortable uh, a, a stay as it had been on the ship. The ship had, they'd been quite good to us. They'd uploaded movies every night. Mm. So we watched, you know, at least two movies every day. Yeah. Um, we watched five, five um, James Bond movies, for example, over <laughs> our time there. We didn't yeah. have anything like that in Melbourne. Mm. Um, we could only, there was a problem with the cable and mm. we could only get two, there was only free to air TV and we could only get two stations well. Mm. So, so our tough. TV... TV watching was extremely limited. It was, it was not a fun couple of weeks, that's for sure. Mm. And then what happened when you came out of there? You just were able to get on a flight back to Perth? or? Oh, no. Oh, no. No? <laughs> <laughs> we, we had to apply. <laughs> oh, wow. Because oh, by this point, yes. the state borders had closed. Absolutely. We had to apply to get back into WA. (laughs) Mm. Um, And our friends going straight down to Denmark, um, they had to apply to go through um, the the borders um, to go down south. So, uh, you know, we had to sort of run around getting all this paperwork done before we could leave, which Mm. (laughs) which is really quite an interesting state of affairs. Mm. Um, I felt like showing my passport when I arrived. Um, But, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, so we were greeted when we got off the plane. We were greeted by some, you know, 30 policemen all sitting around in a circle who who, um, looked at our... Because we knew we were negative by this stage, which was quite yeah. nice. We got checked uh, twice in Melbourne. Um, and uh, so we knew we were negative. So we were mm. much more relaxed, of course. <clears throat> and uh, so were the police. <laughs> yeah. um, very jovially said to a very nice man, very chatty and um, very nice about it. Yes, okay, off to self-isolation. in your, But, but we were able to go home and because we'd, we'd sold our house, Mm. Um, it was a good thing to start uh, start doing a clean out. And, mm. um, so it was it was that's the reason we didn't go straight to Denmark. Mm. Um, our our farm was being well looked after, yeah. and uh, so we didn't need to be down there. And we chose to spend the two weeks up here, and yeah. uh, it was lovely to be able to walk outside. I bet. <laughs> Mm. Has this oh, the whole experience changed your perspective of our medical system here in WA? Uh, no. Um, no. No, no, we've had almost no dealings with the medical system in WA. Mm. Um, <clears throat> we have not been able to work um, mm. during the two weeks of self-isolation, of course, mm. Um uh, which um, my husband's now gone back to work. This is the second week he's at work. 
Mm. Um, I've chosen not to go back to work and I may not work again. I'm not sure at this point uh, whether I'll work again or not, but certainly I have no great desire to go back to work. And I don't Mm. know whether it was the COVID that did that because my intention had been to go back to work on Mm. our return from the holiday. Um, But apart from that, we have no dealings. I think that Australia has has handled the whole pandemic amazingly well. Mm, yeah. Uh, by international standards, it has been uh, amazingly good for the country, just amazingly bad for us. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> and we are all so lucky to be in this country where uh, self-isolation actually means that you have, uh, you're not sharing your space with massive numbers of people. Mm. like they do internationally. Some of the Mm. countries uh, overseas um, do not have such good living conditions. Mm. And we are a very, very lucky country. It's really a first world privilege. Mm. It's a very first world privilege, well said. Yes. Mm. Um, So no dealings with the, um, you know, I thought that I'd be able to come back here and, you know, that my blood would be useful uh, to donate uh, for this, but for antibodies nobody, nobody, and things, nobody's got it. Yeah, nobody's getting it. So my blood is blood is pretty useless at this moment. I I, mm. I think I still will go and and donate, but mm. um, I I don't know that it's that I have uh, anything worth um, donating over and above the usual. Mm. So. <laughs> Mm. Um, so all of these sort of things, I was thinking I would go to work and having uh, a doctor who had had the virus would be useful, but no, mm. nobody else has got it. So, yeah. um, yeah, just, just be thankful. Bit of an anticlimax. <laughs> yeah, mm. little, little bit of, of an anticlimax from that yeah. point of view. <laughs> but so, so, yeah, yes, gosh. Sorry, but, I um, you. No, that's okay. I was just wondering if having having lived through this and, and been through it now and I'm sure it'll stick with you for the rest of your life and um, it's very it's yeah. been the most uh, amazing time I mean people uh, sort of say oh goodness that must have been exciting there was nothing exciting about it at all mm. um, there was it there was an awful lot of boredom mm. um, and an awful lot of stress during the phase of not knowing what on earth was going on. Um, the worst thing that they could have done to us was uh, leave us in the dark. And although we got information from the cruise line, they really didn't explain it in the sort of detail that we wanted or trusted, to be honest, mm. at that stage. Um, we really had got to the stage of not trusting what we were being told mm. um and we were very happy to get off the ship at that stage okay. once we and yeah we thought that get, getting to australia was going to be wonderful and then we had the worst couple of weeks so <laughs> but we weren't the only ones who did not appreciate the self-isolation uh, no. in, a, in a hotel i believe mm. that if we had come to WA, we would have been isolated in, in, in Rottnest, which would have been significantly better. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely worse places to be stuck. Yeah, yes. So, yeah, indeed. 
Do you have any tips for anyone planning to travel on a cruise ship in the future or do you oh, have any plans don't. to go again? <laughs> no, no, no. Just we will. <laughs> just don't. Just don't do it. Even a small one. Um, go, one of the things was that we were imprisoned on the ship. Uh, mm. We could not get off. And you basically leave your autonomy at port. Mm. Um, and... Uh, my husband was very ambivalent about getting on the ship because he was afraid he was going to be sick the whole way. Um, mm. That didn't prove to be the case. Um, we had some really good medication um, yeah. that we bought, we bought in England because it's not available here. Mm. <laughs> and uh, so he, he actually didn't get sick, which was amazing. Um, but I've always felt... Outside of COVID-19. That, yeah. Um, <laughs> I've always felt that cruise ships were Petri dishes I thought that ours would be safer. It just goes to show that, that it's not. But any mm. place that you are in a small area with a whole load of strangers uh, for a period of time, you're going mm. to be at risk of with getting whatever viruses. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Shared facilities. Yeah. Oh, yes, some shared facilities, but certainly shared dining rooms. Mm. I think we had a super spreader get on board. We don't know whether it was a passenger or a crew member. Mm. Um, and we, I, I, we think that that person was a, a super spreader in the dining room. And mm -hmm. we think, therefore, it was probably a member of the crew because mm. as passengers, we didn't have that much to do with most of the other mm. passengers. Mm. But we'll never, yeah. we'll never know, and it's probably just as well we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> wow well welcome back to so western australia don't get on a cruise ship okay good <laughs> can't believe the number of people who are already booking to go on a cruise ship again. i cannot know. believe it oh i was shocked it. when i heard that their mm. um, bookings were up by 50 percent. Mm. that was mm. really interesting news anyway mm. i suppose people yes. who love it they'll horrifying do it, whatever horrifying. the risk yeah. Well, thank you so much, Laura, um, for sharing that, what would have been rather a harrowing and, um, yeah, like yeah. you said, quite a, quite a lonely and, and boring experience for you. What a shame. Yes. But, um, yes. Thank God for telephones. Good to have you back. Yeah. And, um, thank God for telephones and WhatsApp. That oh saved, yeah. That, um, saved us. Yeah, yeah. Technology age has been well-timed for mm, sure. Mm, 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 absolutely how people could have left on those ships all those years ago uh, and, you With know, no their contact. families their families back home had, did not know for, mm. you know, two, three years whether they would ever come home. Oh, my goodness. Mm. How horrifying. Yeah. Unreal. Technology is wonderful. It is. Uh, including podcasts. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for No, thank uh, you so much. to me, Anna. Of course. <laughs> So to all our listeners, please don't forget to subscribe to UWA Alumni Voices and review us if you like what you're hearing. See you soon and stay well. Thank you.